Hey everyone. So, I'm trying to make sense of the nonsensical, the um, the unknown is, is quite a task. And to do it in a way that makes sense to you. So, your trauma makes sense to you, right? It had its, the way it was, um, it was created, whatever happened, the injury, etc. You had a response to it and you, you know, responded, sculpted, you know, it's like a billiard ball hitting another, right? But you're all mushy and so there's an indent in your energy field. And there's an effect on you. So what I learned was that as a, as a child, you're in the theta wave conditioning. It's kind of daydreamy, kind of more open. You have a lot more openness to, um, it's in the dream world. It's, it's just intuitive and bigger and there's more connection to sort of consciousness. And the beta waves are the thinking, you know, waves. It's more kind of in the practical, logistical area. I just heard about it. I've never, you know, I'd heard about it before, but I didn't, you know, really understand it. But bear with me. Um, so um, in meditation, your brain slows down into that theta situation where it's slower, you're more connected to consciousness. It's kind of... A, and so what's interesting why I say this, and I'm not a scientist, I have no idea about any of this stuff. But what's, uh, for me, it's trying to understand um, my own progression through um, uh, healing. And I will, I've talked a lot about meditation. And meditation is an incredible way to anchor, to connect to yourself, to connect with this sort of bigger consciousness. And... So at the end of 13 and a half years, um, I went to sleep and middle of the night got these massive volts of energy. I mean, I thought I was dying. Massive, massive volts of energy. And then I could hear this kind of transistor radio and people talking. And then the next day, a bunch of weird stuff happened. Um, got on the train, this woman was giving away uh, was selling flowers, this guy comes in, gives her tons of money. The whole train erupts. It's like I was in some other frequency. And then uh, I was in a restaurant. I was talking to this woman. I said, you know, I have this lawyer. And I turned around, the lawyers. There was all this synchronicity and opening. And then I had a very powerful kind of blackboard. The teachers in the black, you know, in the classroom. Here, here's, here's what you need to do. There's a, a writhing monster in your attic in London you have to go back and you have to face it and that was like no nonsense like black and white like here are the instructions you know for the next part of your life really and then I went to do ayahuasca after that but the thing about what was amazing is that 13 and a half years later I mean they call it kundalini I don't know but to me and you know as I experienced it it was literally circular vaults of energy that were almost breaking a code in my system and they were huge and the interesting thing is that it went up from my feet up to my neck but didn't get beyond my neck so they just kept going round and round and small ones and big ones so these are circular circular very powerful like literally vaults of energy 
And I thought, well, I'm dying, it's over. And then I had all these events that happened that morning when I went to work. It was like I was in another frequency and there was this cackling on the radio whilst this was going on, or towards the end. And um, and I was given like the direction of what I needed to do. I needed to go face this monster in the attic that I was terrified of, that I didn't want to face. And I sent my cousin up and my cousin, um, it just devoured my cousin. Like I had to face it. I was the one that was, it was my, it was my writhing monster. Anyway. Um, and and actually, my, my, my brother looked at me like with disgust, like, you know, you, you don't have the nerve to face this guy. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to talk about that phenomena of how can it happen that after 13 and a half years, this, there's this massive break in this frequency. And the theta waves are what happens when you're a little kid. That's when you're first arriving and you're still in that, you look at kids, they're coming that daydreamy, everything's, you know, they're, they're, they have like ghost friends and they have imaginary friends and, you know, they're, in, they're still in that kind of domain of the theta wave, right, which is kind of intuitive and open. They haven't been bombarded yet with like fucking, you know, Excel sheets. <laughs> and for me, that's where the injury happened. So in that frequency, it's almost like your, your, your energy field is like you're a house, right? And, um, you know, downstairs is your, is your infancy or something, right? There's, there's a room downstairs where your infancy happens. And then something else happens in another room. The injury that happened to me happened in childhood, in that sort of daydreamy, the, you know, theta kind of space, right, of brainwave. In other words, it happened in that space, and that space got shut down. That, so... Trauma creates panic, creates, you know, let's fix this, creates, I can't be here, creates, I have to survive. There's no dreamy, intuitive thing happening when trauma's happening. Trauma is, fuck, the monsters on the landscape, I'm going to fucking die. Right? Trauma is, is that guy going to come home drunk and beat the shit out of me? You know, is that woman going to scream at me again? You know, are they going to put me down? There's just, all of a sudden, you're not arriving to, you know, the Alice in Wonderland sort of garden party. You are arriving to demons and, and, and bats and all the slithery things, right? That are a primitive sort of metaphors in our brain of, of hell, of death. So one of the very first images I had growing up was I felt like I had been drowned. So when I think of my childhood, I think, oh, I just drowned, right? And 
it's like all that sensibility of like that dreamy, open, blah, 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 was just shut down. And it was all shut down because of the absolute pure terror of what happened, which was to be sent out to be sexually abused. So why I'm saying this is because if you can't access, if, you, if you've had a trauma and people say, what, you know, how come you haven't, didn't show up till now? Well, it was literally cut off. Like literally, it was in another frequency, literally. It, was in a, it happened in another frequency. And that frequency was just cut out, cut off. The ayahuasca, the, uh, sorry, the meditation recreated the same wavelength, right? The same theta wavelengths of childhood. It created that, they call it the spiritual state, the connection to consciousness that allowed. And those vaults of energy were really the opening up of that vault, of that frequency, which is why I heard crackling. It was like a frequency was being opened up. So that those events in time, in that, and it was the first break. So it was the first energetic break, right? Because in that break was a message. There were two messages. One that next day I got on to the sixth train and actually you can see the video it's called miracle on sixth street i got on the train at uptown and on 59th this woman was selling flowers they were just wooden flowers for a dollar on 59th street this guy jumps on and says here's 150 dollars give out all the flowers to everyone and i was taping her like video whatever with my phone with a camera i had no idea he was going to jump on the train and offer her all those flowers I, she, she was literally, I was, I was projecting myself on her. She was a reflection of me. She was this, you know, poor, downtrodden person. And in a way, it was like the, the universe was saying, you know, we're going to help you. Right? She's sitting there selling, she's shut down. She's selling these roses on the train for a dollar. I started t a video, a camera, you know, videoing her because... I had, I had, I just had this connection to her. It was so weird, right? Like, huh? Out of the blue. And then this guy jumps in and gives her flowers. So, already there's another, free, there's, 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 there's signifiers going on. Like, okay. Of course, I had no idea. I just was going to work. You know, I just had this crazy thing. I thought I was dying in the middle of the night. Then I saw it might be some Kundalini thing. Whatever. But it was, it was a massive opening. And it seems to me it's, it's like we, trauma is kept in these different frequencies. They happen there. And so in that, when that thing opened up, or that frequency, or that room, or that place opened up, I was given a very clear message. There was a, this writhing monster in the attic that I had to face that I was terrified of, right? I knew it was him. I didn't, my father, I didn't know... He was just a very angry guy. I didn't know how bad it was, right? So it was a frequency change, and that event happened in a past, past of my childhood. And 
it opened up. It, 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 it kind of blew up this layer or this room, the door to this vault in which my past was keying, kept hidden. And I was keeping it hidden from myself, which is insane. So again, I don't know how any of this works. I'm just trying to sort of sort, out, sort it through as I, you know, look back at the whole odyssey. Um, meditation puts you at a certain frequency in your brain, which is this connecting to consciousness thing. And because I had, was doing it relentlessly every single day, it was five minutes then, ended up being 45. 13 and a half years later, my brain must have been ready to, I'd practiced being in that state for so long, it kind of blew away it was the first blowing away of whatever, whatever was whole, whatever was 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 whatever wall was in front of the past. And I think it's we're all energy, so I think it's kept in energy, like it's kept in it's in a frequency. It's so weird to say, but but one of the most weirdest things about when I, these vaults started to go through my body in bed was uh, when it was done, and it felt like forever, but it must have been just a few minutes, like perhaps five minutes, 10 minutes, I don't know. There's, I had this crackling, like there was a change on the radio frequency. It's weird, but anyway. And, and then it was almost like intuitive. I was in Costa Rica and um, I had started, I don't know why, just ayahuasca showed up on the internet for some reason. And then I met this woman in Costa Rica, this German woman, she said she had done ayahuasca. It was like, it was like, it came to consciousness. So it's almost like you're blind or something, or if you've had trauma and you've hidden it, um, like I had no access to any of this trauma. I had no access. It had been, and I think that's a minute, I have that image of this little girl drowning. It's like, I blacked out, I shut down. So all those theta waves, which are part of childhood and fun and intuition just got, shut down the minute the abuse happened. And I suspect the first time I did ayahuasca, in the very first ceremony, the ayahuasca located my little girl crying because she'd been abused. Like, I didn't even know she existed. I had no access to her. I mean, she might as well have been in Mars. I didn't. And But I knew when I did ayahuasca, that's exactly what who, who I was meeting. And, and it wasn't a foreigner, it was me, but I was in that past, right? I was actually in that place, living in that past, in the moment. Somebody had just said that, um, uh, it's very interesting that she'd had a ceremony with ayahuasca where the ayahuasca showed her like this sort of, this cylinder of light and, and was saying that in that cylinder, like there is no time and space, everything is just happening now it's still happening so it's really bizarre for me because when I did ayahuasca I actually was in a hologram in the actual event where something terrible was taking place like it wasn't I'm thinking about it it wasn't I'm imagining it I was actually more there than here it was like so it was like reality 
Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but what's important for me is like, I blacked out the horror somehow. And I reaccessed that vault or that room that I had shut down, right? By returning to the state of char of those theta waves, in other words, through meditation, um, I that vault, that frequency was opened up through meditation, because the brain that was moving at ten zillion miles an hour was totally. It was no longer, they call it the beta brain. It was totally, I kind of totally kind of trans, I, I totally was able to get back into that other state. And that other state, after 13 and a half years of practicing, being in that kind of brainwave state, created this massive opening into it, into the past. So I don't know if there any scientists out there, but it, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and... So I had literally cut that off. Like all of, the, all of that was cut off from me and it was cut off in some other frequency. It's like, it's like the universe, you have these you know, rooms inside your energetic field that you, like water, vortexes, you just stick it in there. You just stick the events in there and just close the door and then don't remember it even happened. It's fucking weird. But the, the door was blasted open by doing meditation which is crazy so when I started doing meditation it was like you know the end goal was you know to be one with everything right so I wasn't doing meditation to go to ayahuasca I was just doing meditation so I could just relax more because I'd just been through a horrible divorce and to find a rooting and when I thought of the end game, it was just these Zen monks, right, who were just sitting, 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 and they just keel over when they die, literally. Um, they just are so, you know, at one word, right? It's just, everything is just an extension of the universe, of consciousness. So I had no, there was no other place to get to, there was just a place to arrive to, and I thought, oh, it'll take about 100 years to get to that state of sort of any kind of pure light or whatever. Um, also, when I had those vaults of energy, um, I thought it was a kundalini awakening, but a kundalini awakening, they say, like, you know, it goes up through your head and it comes up through your crown, and I didn't, these vaults of energy stopped at my, my throat, like, they were huge, they were all over my body, but they never reached my face, they were just everywhere in my body, which is sort of interesting. Um, so it's almost like the events and the trauma I had blacked out was happening in another frequency. And the meditation, the discipline of doing meditation every day, finally opened the lock to that, to this other place where these memories and these truths had happened. All right. So, so that was like, okay, lock number one was opened because I was truly blacked out. And I thought I was fine. You know, I just thought, whatever. I was just, you know, whatever. 
I was living my life, I was married, it was like, it just, you know, it seemed like I was having a normal life. I mean, I, little did I know, I was completely a puppet. But anyway, um, so then I went and did ayahuasca because I realized there was something I had to, it was saying, you have to go deal with this writhing monster. And, all right, I, again, I had no access to that little girl. I had no access to that past. I had no access to that time capsule. I do ayahuasca, and of course, the minute I do ayahuasca, the first thing I do is I'm in. Like it's literally, they start singing the Ikaros in the ceremony, and it's like a password. Like somebody gave me the password to like, you know, to a Swiss bank account. It was like, shit, I'm home. It was so weird, right? I'm home. And, you know, you're all puking and shitting, whatever. Like, how could, anyway. But it was this, and I was like, in the free, and, and she showed, like, I was in the frequency of the universe or something. I was in this other place. And I was this little bird flitting around. Like, I, I was part of the whole cosmos. And then she located my little kid the first time I'd been abused. And I was wailing. I just started wailing and wailing. So that moment was a moment I had shut down, the moment I had disappeared. She literally took me back to the moment that those theta brain waves had stopped, that the moment that there had been, my, my life was locked down, like I had shut the door on, on life early on. And the day I would say I was drowned, because that's how I see it, I was just arrived and then drowned. It's like you arrive, you're born, and oh shit, I'm in the wrong place, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And you can't be say, I really must be going. So she locates, the, the ayahuasca locates the moment the abuse happened. And, you know, my face is like a Jenga. At some point, my face is paralyzed. It's like, it's really weird, like I have no head. And that she starts pulling my face out like Jenga pieces. It was insane. I mean, like my whole face was one big Jenga thing, and they just just kept pulling out different pieces. And I thought, oh my god, this is crazy. Anyway, all right. So, but the third ceremony, I literally said, look, I'm ready to my dad. I didn't again didn't know what had happened, but just said, okay, I'm ready to. You know, he's got to go. I mean, he was already dead. So, but the third ceremony, I had another opening. It was like a massive exorcism. It was nuclear fueled. It literally went from my ankles right up through my body. And it was it was like a dying star. And, you know, it was a terrifying moment. These five Shipibo showed up, somebody's putting their you know, hand on my heart, they're concerned to have a heart attack. And the scream I let out was like primal. You know, like you hear when somebody dies and somebody screams and that unbelievable primal. And that, and there was a contract that was broken between me and him. And I was a child. And again, in that ceremony, I was being moved, I was moving around by my, my whole body was being moved around by itself. Like it was all physical. So here we go. So Information is trapped inside our uh, physical body. It's, we are made of information. So the, he had made a contract with me, which is also part of my shutdown, right? So I was shut down in that room. I was shut down in a frequency. I blacked out. 
in a frequency that was then opened up. And then as the ayahuasca came in, another lock was broken into like another room. It's almost like a Russian doll. Another room was opened up energetically. And again, it was, it was like physics. It was like a, a, the primal scream. I could feel the, it was like this roaring energy, like a tidal wave that came up through my ankles, up through my head, body, up through my whole system. And this scream was beyond primal. And in that moment, I knew, oh, a contract's been broken. And I was, it was like a, that, I died. That little girl died. Right? There was a death. There was a, there, was a, there was a separation between that guy and that little baby, our child. Now, I thought at the end of that, well, that's just over. You know, I got it done, you know, whatever he... he. But in fact... Um, so... So meditation, again, change of frequency, information, right? Ayahuasca, so you're into another, you know, so that you open up that vault. Ayahuasca then broke another. So in ayahuasca, I was able to go in. It was like, you know, it was like home. So that's in some other, you know, in a psychedelic space or in another dimension. So I could easily get into that dimension because I'd already um, opened up kind of the vault into my past. So it was easy. It was like really home. And then in that dimension, another break in energy happened whereby I experienced what can only be described as an exorcism where these literally thunderous vaults of energy went through my system. And it was literally like a wave just going through. It was like a roaring fire that, you know, goes through the forest. This energy just went, it was just, and something else was broken. So this, this is the amount, why I'm saying this is because the amount of stuff that's keeping us makes, uh, you know, keeps you a prisoner, or the kind of energy that's keeping you in place, and the fact that it's all divided up and it has all these different frequencies is kind of interesting to me. Um, So by that time, I thought, okay, oh, that's great. You know, I had this huge exorcism. There was a break between the kid and the guy and this man, my father. Of course, I had no information. I just knew the contract was broken. What the contract was about, I don't know. I always felt like he was hanging onto me, you know, like some his spiritual body was like holding onto me for some reason. Perhaps he didn't want to die. He was already dead. He'd been dead for like whatever, 10 years. Um, right, so when I came back, I started getting downloads of, I really was taken into the past. Like I was in my house in Spain and I was taken to every single room. It was insane. Like I was having a house tour, like, you know, like those shows on TV, right? I was given information, then I started getting um, information about, uh, oh, and then the Indians showed up. So tons of these Indians showed up as my allies, and they took me into the past. And I literally was on a horse in my bedroom, my, my studio, and I was cantering with these Indians all around me into the past. And suddenly my horse would stop. I literally was on a horse in my living room. And there'd be this huge image of someone that had either hurt me or did something to me or whatever. So I started to get information, and then I had allies, which were the Indians, sent by the ayahuasca, that's what the Shipibo told me, and I was transforming into animals and just all this crazy stuff. So it was like this, you were entering another, I was entering another 
another realm, really. It's kind of crazy to say. It was another realm. But was it, without, it was without the ayahuasca. I'd already taken it. It, sort of, it goes into your system, and so it grows within you, literally. It's there. So what was happening is that that was happening, but then these energies started coming up through my body, and it was really crazy. It was like, what is this? Like, there's another realm? <laughs> Just like, right? And at first I thought, well, it's him. It's his spirit. You know, he was a piece of shit. It's coming up through me. But it was literally like, I've talked about it like, you know, you're the paper bag and there's a dog inside the paper bag and you're just, this thing is just suddenly inside of you and it's kind of, it's being pulled out. It's coming up. Like it lives there. Like I had these things that lived there. And then I suddenly realized, oh my God, it's the writhing demons that I saw that were, you know, shown to me in the attic. But like, you know, I had a big kind of, Kundalini awakening, and then I had this exorcism, like, what is going on now? I thought we were done. But because behind the contract, then, there was a truth, right? And these demons were kind of the resistance to seeing the truth. They were a resistance, um, and they also held me captive. Right? They were also... Um, kind of mercenaries that were holding other truths. And so when I went down to Peru, I, had, I realized that I was protecting my parents. I was protecting them. And through all sorts of, uh, tons of ceremonies and stuff, but I realized, and I had to convince my little girl to tell me what had happened because only she knew, right? They weren't going to tell me. And I couldn't leave them. Like all these Indians showed up and they're like, come on, Maria, come home. I'm like, I couldn't. I literally could not crawl across the floor to those Indians. I was like, I'm stuck here with these people. I didn't know why. And then in, uh, and, and of course, these things were writhing through me. They were, and then in, you know, one of the final ceremonies, I realized this cuckoo clock went off. The, you know, the earth opened and out. These little girls are going into rooms. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, I was molested. I was sent out to be abused. This is a brothel. Um, and on my return, I got more information. And these things just started pouring out of me like they owned me. And, you know, I've been seeing and... and, and dealing with them ever since and that you know so more and more they have they're being pulled out and more and more I'm being given love by the ayahuasca to deal with these sort of they're almost like entities that live inside of me and their fear their resistance and they hold information about what happened and um, they don't want me to leave obviously right um, because if I see, I, I get to, the whole thing gets collapses. The whole, everything collapses, your whole, you know, I've seen so much information, like I can't really go back and reconstruct who I was because the way she works, the ayahuasca, she's gonna, she's gonna tear through your, all your defense mechanisms and show you the truth. And once you see, she see the truth, your defense mechanisms aren't required anymore. But they're still very, very powerful. 
So I suspect there's something else behind that wall. But what's insane to me is that all of this lives within you and you have no access. So I had no idea that I had all of this horror happen to me at all. It was like it was in one frequency. It was like in a separate part of the house, right? I had no access to it. It, and, And that, remember, that's in the past. So that's a time capsule. The meditation basically was the first massive kind of vault altering thing that opened that up and gave me a clue as to and again the next day I was in some other dimension and I got like information about I had to go face this thing right so that's crazy and then when I went so that was another kind of opening into the past right like and then when I did ayahuasca which was in another dimension which I entered very easily with them singing the Ikaros. It was like a password. I didn't get all the lights and all that stuff. I just walked right in like, oh, I'm home. (laughs) I'm home. Anyone home? I'm home. Um, I was located the minute that abuse happened. And I was thrown into the past, literally in holograms. And then... In that past, another event was holding me captive, which is a contract that was made by my father and my little two-year-old that I, you know, I had to keep the secret. Of course, I didn't know when that happened. I mean, when the exorcism happened, I had no idea that that's what what the contract was about. I just knew a contract was broken of his ownership of me. He was always around me and bullying me and trying to pressurize me. And I just thought, oh, it's just, he's just, you know, He's obsessed with me, kind of thing, but I didn't know why. Right? And I thought, okay, well, that exorcism takes. So that was another dimension. And then when I came back in my energy field, were all these, apart from, you know, once I, you know, I was thrown into the past, I was, it was shown information that was happening in the past. And then tons of these entities I can describe them as that right they're like writhing energies that you know saw through me in all their reptilian demonic screaming yelling you know my whole face is contorts my body contorts I'm being pulled around and it's like she's taking out like demonic squashes or something that have been squatting inside my um my energetic landscape like hundreds of them and of course I'm just watching this (laughs) I'm almost like the, the observer but that too is living inside another (laughs) dimension right because when you're in the ayahuasca state or I don't take the ayahuasca here at home but you're in that state of you know another sort of interdimensional state that's where they live so I don't understand anything about energy. I don't understand about anything about anything. I'm just describing the progression of these different pieces of this energetic field um, and how the trauma was kept from me in another frequency. But that past 
didn't die. It just, it's almost like I stored it in a storage room in another frequency and I blacked it out. And the way I got back into the storage room, which I didn't even know there was a storage room, I discovered it was because I meditated and in that meditation returned to that, was able to open the door to that frequency and, you know, was told basically you need to go check this out and then with ayahuasca moved deeper into that frequency and in that dimension. So there was this whole continent of myself that I had no access to that lived in these other frequencies or dimensions that I was able to reach through meditation and ayahuasca. And in ayahuasca, I had another massive opening, which is like this, again, nuclear-filled exorcism, whereby a contract with the predator was broken. The child broke the contract. And that was massive. That was actually 10 times more explosive than the vaults I got at home. And so I was held hostage. And then when I went back to Peru, and then of course this, these entities started, and they were also like another wall, like another barrier that were holding information. And so what's interesting is, as the ayahuasca pulls up these entities and they come out through me, there's also these interludes of enormous love, right? So I'm able to sit and see all this crazy because it is crazy. Um, because the ayahuasca also kind of marinates me in this enormous amount of love. So, you know, in between, you know, these, these things writhing through me. And they could be unprocessed trauma. They could be the things that happened to me as a child. Um, but they are, and they're, they're just like, my whole body is being pulled around. It's like they live inside of me. It's, again, a very weird thing to say. Um, and that's happening in another dimension. So why I outline all of this is because I had no idea, right? Um, yeah, the terror was obviously huge as a kid, but I completely cut it off. But that you can actually, I was thinking about what that woman was saying about what the ayahuasca had said to her, that really time, there is no time, everything's just happening now. And if everything is happening now, simultaneously, the past, the present, the future, it's all just now, if you're in the now, which you can get to through meditation and ayahuasca, you can then move, you know, into these different dimensions. And if you have trauma and you've locked them away, they call it the shadow, whatever, that you have access to them because there's a change of frequency. You can actually change the frequency and you actually hold your past, etc., in these other frequencies. I'm sure you also hold your future. So everything becomes available to you in a way if you can be in these altered states. Like, you know, again, if I go to a church, I'm not going to be in the past or the future. I'm just going to be some guy drag on about some shit, right? 
about some story I don't know. But if you get into these states through meditation, through plant medicines, or whatever it is that you take, that you can have all this access to all your trauma and you can see the blockages and traverse the blockages um, that keep you imprisoned or that keep you, yeah, hostage of them. And then you can begin to release them and in releasing them, transform. But who knew this whole landscape of energetic stuff was around you? Like, you know, that you hide stuff in other frequencies, that you, you know, have made contracts that are in some other past that you can actually access, that um, you can locate the actual events in a past that is more real than this reality. Um, and my question is, you know, is the story bigger or is it just related to this reality? Is there interlocking stories somewhere else? I have no idea. Um, it's happening in these frequencies, in these different kind of brainwave events. Um, I don't know, but that's just fascinating to me that for me, each opening has been an energetic uh, break, um, which is absolutely incredibly physical. Um, and f it's completely physical. The voltage, the physical, the exorcism, absolutely like the, you know, the death of a star. And these entities, again, very powerful, very physical. Um, So I don't, you know, again, you can't just take a pill or go to a shrink. I mean, it's like, you know, these, the way that we hold trauma is oh so much bigger. We don't know anything about consciousness. But these um, practices can get you in. I suppose that's it, really. You get to have a key to your kingdom, and you get to figure out who's squatting in your, in your castle. And you get a chance to throw them out if you're willing to, you know, surrender to all these things that are not part of, you know, your Excel sheet world, right? And, you know, you don't know where you're going. You're just, what I realized is that little by little I was just going down. It was just opening. It was like literally like a Russian doll. It was like one energetic um, door was being opened to another one and every time I'd get to another one there'd be more mercenaries and behind the mercenaries more information you know more information more information right so I had no idea that what this guy who this guy was I knew he was a problem I didn't realize you know little by little I was shown contract abuse sexual abuse and then being sold for sexual abuse and all of this I had no information whatsoever none and I don't understand how this energetic thing works. I'm just, again, riffing on sort of analyzing it from this very lay person's point of view. But there must be something in all of this that points to the makeup of how we're built in this energetic soup. 
And my takeaway is, if you're injured in the soup, you can be healed in the soup. But in order to be healed in the soup, you have to get into the dimensions where it happened. And if the past is still here and the future is here and everything has already happened and this is a continuous now, and um, the fact that you can access the past, relive it, and get information um, is, is an incredible thing for anyone who's suffering trauma that you can heal in the same soup that you were injured using, you know, whatever is in that soup. So for me, I was injured as a child in this theta brainwave state that was shut down. This theta brainwave state was open through meditation. And because of that, there was a huge break in my energetic field that gave me information that I was able to, you know, that something had happened, right? And um, it was in my house in London, it was in the attic, it was writhing. And that I had been held, you know, like something was terrifying me. And that was keeping me hostage, basically. And in ayahuasca, again, I was into, the, I was able to, again, move in this other, into this other dimension in which I was able to break the contract with the parent, with the predator, which is, again, it's all physical. It was all unbelievable. I was just like, I was in like, I was like captured by a certain energy. It's almost like being captured by an energy. And I was, it, was, it was like all over me. Even the first night I got to Peru in the tambo, this crazy energy was like this ghost was all over the tambo. And I was like, oh, fuck, there's a ghost in here. Turned out the woman said to me, no, you brought him with you, which is, again, I was smothered by his energy. I was smothered by the secret, by the terror, by his energy, right? But again, in this other dimension, again, this contract that I had built in some energetic field early on was broken, um, and it happened as an energetic uh, explosion, literally. Um, it's like layers and layers. You can, you can go through all these layers of yourself. You can actually move into this shadow, which is all energetic, and it's fragmented, and there's all these different rooms of energy and time and blah, where things are kept, and it's just insane to me. I mean, I'm just a regular person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just a regular bougie. Um, you know, I just I drink coffee, I go to work, you know, put up sheetrock. Um, I said these are very simple things like meditation and and I think it's revolutionary because there's no way, you know, some cranky old priest is going to, you know, ever get anywhere near any of this shit. First of all, who has a monopoly of consciousness? You know, these fucking idiots. You don't, no one has a monopoly. On, it's just everywhere. So that you can access all of your own custom-made trauma. <laughs> and if you're willing to, you know, keep going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, you can excavate your whole landscape is pretty phenomenal but there is like walls after walls after walls of the way we keep things secret and hidden etc which is really just it's it's fascinating um and again i don't know 
you know, what happens, you know, will these entities all leave or do I need to go back down to Peru and um, uh, is there more to see that I don't know? Is it in this or did it happen in this life in another? I have no idea. You know, why did it happen? Um, all I have and the information I was given was you were stolen. That's it. And that makes sense because, you know, whatever, I was taken to be abused and I didn't know anything. And, you know, it was a piece of shit, dirtbag. Um, um, these Indians that show up in all my ceremonies are very, very powerful. And they might be sort of a metaphor for the connection back to, you know, life and goodness and nature. I don't know. But it's an unfolding series of events that slowly bring you back to zero, bring you back to who you are, right? Um, so if you're suffering from trauma and, or you don't know, or you don't have access to it, these are really powerful. And again, there's no guy in a funny outfit or a woman saying there's a man in your life. Or, you know, This is a direct experience that you're having with your own psyche. It's not your third head. It's not brokered by anyone in a funny outfit, you know, no one's going to, you're going to have to say three Hail Marys to get to it. You just go in and do it, you know. Um, and meditation is great because meditation, you know, it's, it's a simple exercise of sitting, isn't it? I did Zen, but it's, it's pretty amazing if you do it, you know, build up over time. Again, I didn't go in here with the intention of, you know, I want to blow up my energetic fields. I came in here just saying, I just want to relax and not feel this anxious. But what I was actually doing was in this meditation, I was actually opening up. I was, you know, getting into that state, into that, it's not really an author state, it's a theta state of like oneness and intuition and connection, which was really the dynamite to open up the vault into the past, which I had no idea I was going toward at all. Um, it gave me an understanding of what actually had happened. Began, anyway, and then the ayahuasca, you know, by the time I got to ayahuasca, it was like a shoe, and it was like, wow, I'm home, you know. Um, and it is, like, it's almost like a theft of your soul, you know, like somebody just snatched, I think of it like a, being Shanghaied on those ships, you know, in like medieval London, where it was like they were looking for, you know, crew because they didn't have enough crew to go get their gold in Columbus. So they just drag somebody and throw them on the ship. And that's what it feels like. It was like I was just stolen, taken, used. But I was actually living in someone else's. I was like completely shut down and completely like somebody put a bag over my head and never took it off. So it's fascinating. I, again, I have no answers. I'm just talking about my own experience and my own analysis of, as I kind of understand, as I kind of piece it back together. I still don't really understand how these energies work, but it is fascinating um, to have, you know, to realize that this is a m massive consciousness, crazy shit's going on out there, and that it's oh so much bigger than we think it is. And again, if you're injured in the soup, you can be repaired in the soup. Bye.